everyone, and welcome to the Health Tech Edge, where we talk about the latest topics in healthcare technology with industry experts. I'm your host, Zoe Jacobs. Joining us today is our weekly panelist, Raheel Redawala, Chief Strategy Officer at Productive Edge. And our featured guest today is Nick McKenzie, Group Product Manager at Redox. So today we're going to talk about electronic health record data and interoperability. Um, so Nick, EHR, electronic health record data integration, is one of the foundational requirements for data interoperability. Can you tell us how Redox came about and how this model enables you to be the EHR data integration choice for so many different use cases? Yeah, first off, thanks for having me, Zoe and Raheel. Glad to talk through this. But yeah, fundamentally, I think Redox kind of approached the problem in the market in a really interesting way. Um, you know, at the advent of the Meaningful Use era, it was just a land grab. You had so many different EHR companies trying to work their way into different care venues for modernization and the digitization of, of health record data. And I think Redox kind of looked up and said, okay, you know, we have all these different players. They all have their own unique formats, but like, at the core of it, that's going to make the interoperability or the semantic exchange of that data really difficult. So what if there was a company out there who kind of approached the market from a reusable infrastructure point of view and built sort of interactions between disparate systems of different language types in a way that a customer could come and have some one normalized experience, but then reach those disparate endpoints of different types, um, leveraging that same reusable infrastructure. So. Redox's essential plan is go go build these integrations in a way that's reusable and repeatable and take those assets and then turn them around such that our customer base can approach the variety of endpoints that they want to connect to in the healthcare data landscape in a, in a, in a fashion that doesn't involve, you know, rediscovering the wheel at every single point in, in the structure. I think that's really fun. And then I think the other thing that Redox was sort of novel in, which is now sort of, you know, just ubiquitous is like, we spoke RESTful JSON API structures before it was cool to do that in healthcare. And that's been at the foundation of an API first company from the outset. And so I think those two things are kind of, if you will, a unique brand to Redox in terms of like our particular approach to the market. Um, but yeah, a super interesting paradigm and a tough one to solve. Yeah, what's interesting about Redox, Nick, is that you, know, you started off by really enabling digital health solutions companies that are trying to really you know, build on top of the digitization of the electronic health records and start to offer more customized engagement solutions. Um, and I'm curious to hear, you know, how many digital health solutions companies have you enabled and how many, you know, providers have you connected in these disparate systems you've already connected? Because I look at Redox and I say, it's very much like a, you know, super highway. You connect and then you're, you know, you're available for interactions with, ecosystem partners in a much more scalable way. But it took a lot of work and time to get to this point. I'm curious, just some statistics on, you know, how well has Redox been adopted? Yeah, so nine years in, we're 450 plus digital health tech companies uh, from a customer base perspective, spanning over 4,500 disparate unique connection endpoints. So that could be healthcare organizations directly, you know, state institutions, healthcare information exchanges, payers, you name it, we've got kind of the gamut. And there's a lovely uh, kind of heat map type visual that we have. Uh, it's explore.redoxengine.com. And it's just so fun to see, you know, from nine years ago, the the heat map lights just get broader and broader and broader as the connection that nodes on the network just continues to span. So 
across so many scopes and to be able to serve that many customers. To your point, like, yeah, we started in the uh, independent software vendor connection to healthcare, EHR type space. But as I kind of alluded to that, those foundational connections have now enabled us to offer other elements like access to nationwide networks like Care Quality and Commonwealth, you know, and then we're moving into, you know, large scale data exchange for folks that are, are choosing cloud hosting providers and things along those lines. So it's just like this reusable node network idea of like, let's build it once, let's normalize the data to a consistent repeatable API, and then let's reuse those connections where possible as more customers join as nodes to the network has just enabled us to pivot to new buyer and customer persona types over time, which only then adds another round of strength to the to the network as you, as you continue. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. For me, for me this is a very much a virtuous cycle of, of, you know, of innovation that can be enabled. Uh, but I'm curious, I mean, uh, if you look at 4,500, right, if that's a lot of, that's decent size, number of, large number of uh, providers or payers or, you know, institutions that are connected, um, they may have started because, you know, one of the digital health solutions that they are, they wanted, you know, used your technology to power their interoperability or the integration. Uh, do those customers of yours understand the fact that, you know, once they've made that connection, they can start kind of turning on other capabilities and what percentage of your clients are starting to really adopt and, you know, sort of embrace that and say, you know what, I already got this. I can start actually turning on some more, more complex use cases. And if so, can you give us some examples of some customers that are doing great in that and where the other, you know, where others could really be thinking more about uh, as far as value from the connections have already been made? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I think one of the really interesting things about our brand promise is essentially we try to facilitate it at the process to where you, if you will, you code once to one of our, you know, available API structures, whether that's our, our proprietary JSON structure, or we offer a, you know, a fairly robust fire ecosystem now given its prevalence in the industry. And so the brand promise is like, as a customer, you kind of show up once and you get, you get your stack aligned with the Redox stack. And then from there, the ambig ambiguity of like, you know, this EHR can is capable of these things and this EHR is only capable of these other things is sort of abstracted away from you. And that's sort of Redox has sort of pre-built those connectivity layers already. Um, and so I think that value really helps folks focus, you know, as a product person, I'm always like, how can I focus on advancing the product features of my product versus, you know, somebody else's. And I think the ability to kind of tap into that brand promise and step away and say like, Redox has got that. I can spend my development energy and attention on improving features that my customers want, whether that's digital health, you know, solutions for clinicians, or if it's expansion and claims data for payers or whatever it is, you can spend more of your dev team's time on dev on your product instead of dev on implementation, I think is a real, is a real asset. And so we see customers that, you know, from remote patient monitoring, from lab data exchange, from transitions of care, you name it. Like we, we kind of have supported at this point, we think uh, 22 different verticals in terms of the healthcare, like digital health tech, I, like landscape market. Um, and so that scale kind of enables folks to say, hey, you know, I want to exchange lab results or I want to do orders. I want to do this. It's like, well, you know, we have, you know, so many different data models that we've covered before. That experience then resonates out to a digital health tech company could go and have confidence with whoever their customer is going to be such that Redox has already paved these ways. And, you know, we're really an assistive solution and, and managed service that you can layer in and have confidence in when you go to market to the customers that you're trying to. Got it. 
Yeah, makes sense. Um, I'm curious, how many uh, CIOs or technologists or CTOs of various health systems, especially on the mid-market side, uh, get involved in working with Redox directly once, let's say, they've had a successful implementation of a digital health solution, and they say, wait a minute, you know, I've got this successfully built. I need to do three or four or five other things. Let me work with Redogs directly to see if I can get an, an additional capability turned on, whether it might be lab results, as you said, or remote patient monitoring. How many trend, How many of your clients then transition to direct engagement with Redox to enable some of those? Yeah, it's a great question. We're actually, you mentioned kind of the virtuous cir or circle earlier. And so we actually have this model in our head where we attract independent soft, you know, independent software vendors that want to connect to healthcare organizations. We facilitate a smooth implementation there. And all of a sudden the healthcare organization goes like, Hey, that went really well compared to the 13 other pieces of software I bought last year. Maybe I should like work with these Redox folks on a more routine basis. And so when they start going out and looking for health tech vendors that they want to buy, some of them will word of mouth and say like, Hey, by the way, if you don't work with Redox, like that's the on-ramp for us. Um, you know, a really interesting scenario of that is like we have a healthcare organization called Memorial Care and they're building an, a remote patient monitoring kind of hospital at home ecosystem as a part of their care venue expansion. And they are a direct customer of ours. I wouldn't say our traditional customer base has been healthcare institutions directly. You know, oftentimes they have their own integration engines or what have you. But in this case, we had lit up enough independent software vendors that Memorial Care was selecting. They're just like, this is our on-ramp. And we are going to rely on multiple people, multiple different solutions to pack, to pattern together this care pathway that we're building from a virtual and like out, out of our four walls care strategy that we need Redox to kind of sit in the middle and deliver that for whoever we pick and just become the on-ramp. So for that virtuous cycle, you have, you know, we're bringing customers to HCOs, if you will. And then now HCOs are going to start to bring us customers. And so you get this like magnification of network effects, which is, which is really cool to see. I think some of that also is spilling over. We're seeing a lot of healthcare institutions pick large, you know, healthcare cloud repositories for things like AI and ML, for dashboard and visualization, for large scale data aggregation across systems. And so to be kind of centered and partnered, you know, I, we just had a recent announcement this week out with, with Google about our partnership there. We're very excited about that. Um, and to see the healthcare institutions be able to work with them at scale is kind of adding another layer which will reverberate positively back into our core business of like, hey, we're moving healthcare data directly from the HCOs to their cloud vendor of choice on their behalf and normalizing it and getting it into the format to make it usable for these data algorithms and care modeling that they wanna do with AI and ML. But then the healthcare organizations that we're doing that for are starting to realize like, hey, Redox is actually really good at this whole other business that I didn't even know that they did and it's reverberating back into our core like ISV to HCO connectivity business. Yeah. So it's so funny how like you get kind of this like revolving momentum. It's sort of like a snowball, like you push it at the top of the hill and then all of a sudden we're getting all these connectivity points out of it that maybe, you know, we were we were hoping for whenever the network idea yeah. kind of got. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's exactly the, the momentum that I would imagine occurs because, you know, there's a significant, you know, we've always talked about at Productive Edge, the idea that, you know, once the digitization of the EHR is done, it's not about having that data, it's about what you do with it, right? And, you know, there are so many use cases and and uh, enabling uh, enabling capabilities that can be turned on. I guess, but if you are if you are a technologist, technology team within the healthcare 
uh, a healthcare provider, for example, or, or even a payer. You know, there's so much going on, right? I mean, in terms of what you need to get done and the, keep the lights on capabilities and there's a to the cloud and the security there and various things. And as you said, cloud vendors like Google are also innovating in the sense that they're making it easier to have, you know, fire-enabled data models, to have the AI and, you know, the AI and machine learning capabilities that can be turned on on top of that. Um, what's the value add uh that, re that relationship that you have with Google uh, enables technology teams that are considering, hey, I would like to move to the cloud. What does Redox add and enable that makes that decision easier? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, at the core of it, um, there is a high learning barrier to being able to move legacy data. You know, having worked at one of the largest EHRs for 10 years, like I'm intimately familiar with the data model of one of those EHRs. But that data model is different than another EHR and another EHR and another EHR. And when you talk about, you know, the major cloud vendors, they've all chosen Fire as both the ingress mechanism storage pattern for the data, which is an unusual interoperability. Yet HL7v2 messages were sent in that, but then they were stored natively in the EHR in whatever language the EHR spoke. And so now that you have like this prevalence of Fire explosion, you have all these folks that have core data locked away in their EHR or their ERP system or their financial system, and they're trying to get it to the cloud and they're trying to then make this longitudinal view, whether that's claims layering or data on top of the clinical record. And so Redox's main value prop is we are able to take and have built a large library of reusable translation assets from a myriad of existing healthcare data standards, X12, CCDA, DICOM, HL7v2. And we have pre-built kind of technology that will enable those those format streams to then be translated directly into usable fire resources, which then locks unlocks immediately right into the tools that Google and you know provides on the other side, the big query, the AI and ML algorithm generation, all the other side. So I think that's really exciting. And then the other the other value prop for Redox is given our historical position of connecting healthcare uh, technology companies with healthcare organizations, whenever that AI and ML insight gets generated, Redox is also extremely well positioned to take that insight and deliver it back into the EHR in the hands of a clinician and, and to make that impactful judgment and care outcome based on like the promise of the cloud was to get the AI and compute in the ML in a way that could scale and could be represented. And then you could drive care models or outcomes for patients on it. Redox is kind of positioned to both power that work to happen and then once that work happens, deliver it back to clinicians in the context of their workload. And so it's like an interesting spot to be both responsible for the ingress and the egress on both sides around the healthcare data landscape. It's the yeah. funds. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's actually very, very, uh, very exciting and interesting. Uh, I mean, the work that Google is doing, of course, others are as well. I mean, Microsoft's done it, and so has Amazon uh, with the fire and the data models they've created and the just the ease of getting getting organizations started. Uh, we know from working with many healthcare companies, the challenge is, of course, many don't want to do custom development anymore, and, and rightly so, is how can I turn things on quickly? That is, you know, turn the switch on, you know, easy integration, get in the cloud faster, you know, in an environment that's HIPAA compliant and has the compliancy and, you know, satisfies various regulations. And that makes it easy for me to innovate on. Uh, so I think the Redox and Google partnership is a, is a great example of that, 
Yeah. Uh, and uh, we're looking forward to 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 partnering with both of you uh, in that. Um, you know, one other thing there, you know, healthcare institutions just, you know, between the pandemic and just straight operating models and uh, like consolidation in the market, the margins are lower than they've ever been for folks. Like they're running leaner. And when you're buying a technology solution, like you have to buy it as a CIO in a way that's going to get some ROI for your organization, right? And the custom dev and the like, oh, I'm going to create my own data dictionary and manage that. Like, that's a big oversight. There are healthcare institutions in the world, you know, the big academic medical centers that, that have data science teams and have custom development shops and they can do all this kind of on their own. But the vast majority of the healthcare delivery system does not possess those type of personnel resources and financial resources. And so to create kind of out of the box ROI solutions where data can be normalized, there can be tooling that you can pick up and use without a degree in data science, and you can derive meaningful insights and outcomes out of that data and then make those insights happen in a way that improves the, you know, the care that you're delivering and at which the cost you're delivering it is a really powerful feedback loop for institutions that like aren't going to build their own data science and algorithm team. And so the ability for Redox to kind of take on that heavy lifting burden of normalizing all these legacy formats into discrete usable pieces of functionality on the cloud side, I think is a really powerful ROI story for, you know, a healthcare institution that like, I don't even know where to start to hire a data science team. It's like, don't worry, you don't need to do that. Like, We'll, we'll, we'll create purpose-built tools for you in this ecosystem. And you can leverage those tools without, you know, a distinct and massive personnel investment to get anything out of it. Well, Nick, you've sold me on Redox, that's for sure. So, <laughs> Such a u- unique position to be in. Um, so, Nick, we have, one, we have time for one last question. Uh, we kind of want to know your perspective. So you've worked in healthcare technology for more than 10 years. We want your opinion. Can you tell us what surprised you the most over that time? Yeah. Um, so I, I like to tell people I'm a systems thinker and most people pause and they don't know what, it, what I mean when I say that. And so I kind of have gone from learning a single application to learning a single EHR to learning a single device platform to now like being exposed to a whole EHR industry, you know, through my work here at Redox. And I think the thing that surprises me a bit is like, you know, you come from different backgrounds and parallels, but at the core of it, everyone is really trying to solve for the same thing, which is I, I, people want an easy, understandable way to interact with the technology. People want to make meaningful outcomes in the delivery of care, whether you're an interface analyst or you're a nurse or whatever, all of the folks, like all of us do what we do because at the core of it, the liquidity of the data means better care, better patient outcomes for folks. And so I think the thing that surprises me often in the industry is just um, the commitment to the outcome for the patient. Sometimes it's really hard to look up from the ones and zeros and be like, what are we, t-? you know, I'm, you're eight layers in a spec or in a fire resource and you're like, what are we doing here? But at the core of it, I've always been surprised about folks' ability to kind of reach back through the the haze of war, if you will, and say, the reason I'm doing this is because we're all going to be patient someday. And for that reason, this connectivity is vital to making sure the best people get the best care at the best time um, and the best outcomes. And so um, I've always been constantly surprised at just the angles of the market that you wouldn't expect to have that patient focus always seem to find a way to come back to that patient focus. And I always think that's kind of a cool part. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Um, all right. So that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for talking with, with us, Nick. It was great to have you on. And thank you, Raheel, for joining us as always. Yep. So thank you. Uh, next time, we're going to talk with Kyle Colts. He's the C- COO at SkyGen. So make sure to catch us on March 3rd. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you again for joining us. And we'll see you next time on Health Tech Edge. Take care. <laughs>